From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been, I just believe, watching recently. I'm Terry. I'm tired. Slash, I'm Mary Beth. (laughs) And um, we've got a lot to talk about this week, actually, that's not Sundance, which is very exciting. Um, We are talking a 30 Rock sketch come to life. Uh, Cosmic horror anime, Among Us in the Real World, Cults, A Boy, His Teddy, and His Goblins, Edgar Allan Poe, and Daddy Devonsawa. Daddy Devin Sawa. He really. I won't won't go into it now because I I won't be able to stop. But I want to hear about this 30 Rock sketch come to life. All right. Way back in 2008, season two, episode 11 of 30 Rock, there was an episode that was basically like making fun of Survivor and making fun of... uh, reality tv and the episode was called milf island and it was about this fictional no 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 you did not you did not watch that show and because of this milf island show and seeing on 
Twitter that there is a new show on TLC of all places that's also playing on Discovery Plus, which I got six months free for. Um, and I signed up just for this. I watched, I've seen the first three episodes of MILF Manor. Wow. We're really starting this fucker off with a bang. You know, baby. we sure as fuck are. And let me tell you, do you, do you, so you've heard, I'm guessing you've heard of MILF Manor. Oh, you know what it's about? I've watched clips. Yes. Yes. I think I know what it's about. You could, you should tell me because I'm like, I'm cobbling it together off of the internet without doing any active research. So what I have are like bits and pieces of information. You should probably actually tell me what it is. So I'm not just like, yeah, I saw some gifts on Twitter. Oh, what you're probably thinking is probably what it is, if not worse <laughs> in, in actuality. It is the touching story of a number of older women who are single moms who like to apparently date younger men. And so they go to this resort in uh, Mexico to hook up with younger men. And we int- we introduce all the women, and then they have all the guys start to pour in, and they open up the wall to show them, and all the younger guys are the sons of all the rest of the moms. And it gets worse. <laughs> the very first challenge that they have to do in this entire show is they blindfold the moms, and they have them feel the abs of all of the men. <laughs> Listeners, if, if this is why real, you need to be. Is that a real fucking thing that you just said to me right now? Do you like my onesie? I do love your onesie. Oh my goodness! This is why you need to be a patron. You can see seriously, my... y'all. Like you might, if you're listening to this, you would have just heard silence. But um, Mary Beth is is really giving giving us a lot. Uh, to think about right now. I'm, I'm like lost my train of thought. That onesie is phenomenal. That onesie is phenomenal. But yes, they have. She, the the challenge is they have to blindly feel their their son's shoulders, abs, chest, whatever, shirtless, of course, to determine which one is their son. The second challenge in the second episode. Um, there's a wall of secrets where the, the moms and the kids write secrets and they put them on a little card and they put them up on this board and they have to determine which secret belongs to their son or their mom. And the secrets are like, I had an orgy with seven, seven women is one of the secrets. Another one of the secrets is I had sex with my son's best friend. These are all the secrets on the wall. They're, yeah. The third challenge in the third episode is the moms and sons have to dance, have to do, put on a dance routine that describes, quote unquote, passion and desire. Um, we're doomed. That's worse than I thought. It's way worse. It's way worse. At one point in this routine, um, one of the, the, the sons is literally doing push-ups with his face over his mom's ass. So the boys run in age from 20 to 30. The women from like early 40s to I think the oldest woman is 59. And the youngest boy is 20. Not even old enough to drink in the States. And I'm pretty sure some of these boys are gay because they seem more interested in each other than they do these women iconic iconic that's 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 the show i want that's the show i want this this, falling in love at milf manor but you don't fall you it's men falling in love with each other yes this show is objectively bad like it is objectively bad the production design is terrible the way some people are in dark while the rest of them are have like a giant spotlight on them like the this is not bravo this is not yeah that's so fucking funny. That's TLC too. Like I yeah, so t- it's the just learning like, channel. They're trying. They're trying to jump on the Bravo. They're trying to do the Bravo stuff. They're trying to have their own like Love Island. It's but like Milk but Manor. That's what you. That's what you decided to go with. <laughs> the best Jesus. part though, is the confessionals that are obviously filmed later. 
Like there is oh, no continuity okay. here. There is no continuity. There's one one of the boys has like kind of a mullet and in his confessional his hair is completely it's short, it's done up differently. It doesn't change in the three episodes I've seen. So who knows when this is filmed? Another one looks like he has been growing scruff for a few weeks, whereas he's clean shaven on the show. I don't understand the continuity in here. I don't understand what is happening. It is the green screen work where they have like the confessionals and they put like paradise behind them is absolutely terrible to the point that you can actually see kind of green highlighted on one of the guy's hairs like this is this is bad this is objective daddy's ass love come get your girls what is happening seriously it's not good wow one of the women talks to another woman saying that she she has to know the size of her son's dick right she must know her song is hung is this like a social experiment like is it a joke I don't even know what the point is. There's no money. That, to my knowledge, there's no money involved. We're three episodes in. The fourth episode is dropping. Well, by the time this episode is, is out, it? it will be out. And they're finally starting to cut people, but they haven't. Oh, the I was going to say, episodes. like, have we eliminated people no. yet? There's like, been one the awkward, rules? there's been one awkward kiss where this guy who obviously is not interested. I feel like the producers are like, you got to go out there and have this date with this woman. Because, like, there's a point where it looks like they're going to kiss and he eats a carrot and then he tries to lean in to kiss her after he has a carrot. And I'm like, come on. Really? This, <laughs> what is happening right now? It is, it's a mess. It is an absolute mess of a show that I cannot stop watching. And I don't even like reality TV. Welcome to my hell. So yeah, Milf Manor. All right. Milf Manor. Interesting. Wild, a wild turn, I'm guessing. Cosmic Horror Anime? Yeah, it could not be much different than what we're talking about. Um, so this is uh, this is Housing Complex C, which is a four episode, uh, like standalone limited anime horror series that uh, it's from Adult Swim. It's on. It's on, you can watch it on HBO Max, but it's from Adult. It's on Adult. It was on Adult Swim. Um, it's for twenty four minute episodes, so it's pretty short. Um, Steve and I watched it, like, just, like, as part of an evening of watching things um, over the weekend. But it is, takes place in House and Complex C. Shocking. And this, and it's, it's, which is located on, like, a pretty small island, Japanese island. And it's, like, kind of, you know, quiet, like, quiet village life. You know, there's a bunch of older people that live in this housing complex and a young girl <clears throat> named Kimmy. And... This kind of illusion of like, like not, not utopia, but like it's got like a little bit of like kind of like domestic utopia feel to it. But okay, um, one day these uh, these interns arrive and they're they're co- they're they're basically they're not stated to be Muslim, but we see them praying on prayer rugs for certain times throughout the day and things like that. So they're kind of coded Muslim characters. And they come as interns to work um, on, like, at one of the local, like, in the area. And it becomes this, like, there's, like, all this tension between, like, the old Japanese folks and the Muslim interns. And there's, like, a lot of stuff going on there that kind of shatters this reality of, like, perfection utopia. But then on top of that, there's also, like, fish creatures around and, like, weird stuff going on with, like, murder and gods um, so it's got, like, it's combining cosmic horror with, like, xenophobia, which makes a lot of sense because, like, H.P. Lovecraft is a fucking racist and mm-hmm. these, like, tones of xenophobia with cosmic horror kind of go hand in hand. But then it goes a step further. I won't tell you, why, like, how it goes that way, but, like, it's, it's, I, it's, like, one of those rare things where I wish they had spent more time on it. I think that the lore and the world they're building is really cool, but then... It's kind of like a little bit of an exposition dump towards at the end. And I was like, wait, oh shit, like I want more of this. Like there's some really fucked up imagery in the last episode. Like it's really, it's really good. I just wish there was more to it because okay. I liked it so much. Um, yeah. But it's a really I mean, four it's episodes a, at 20 minutes each. That's. Yeah, that's it's so nothing. Um, 
it felt like a, it definitely felt like a very much like experimental thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, like let's try this out. And it's it is really it's successful. But I also wanted more of it just because it was really interesting, like the world and kind of the way it goes, because it did not go the way I expected it to go. Um, is it a, a definite ending? Do, do you think they could continue? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, I think it, it feels pretty much like kind of self-contained. Okay. I mean, they, they probably could like maybe start a series that like had that as a proof of concept and like take place. Maybe okay. um, that would be awesome if they do. do that. Um, have you seen, I know you're not a big anime person. Have you ever watched Paranoia Agent? The Satoshi Kone series I was on Adult Swim. Okay. <clears throat> no, it's got twinges of that. Okay. And that's a really good one. That was also adult swim. That is, I think eight episodes that are a little okay. bit longer, but it's limited series. Uh, for Christmas this year, speaking of anime, uh, two of my friends got me a whole bunch of, um, I think they're called Boy Love, which seems like a really weird thing to say. Yeah, Yaoi. But like, Yaoi. Manly Appetites. Oh my god, yay! Oh, it's so cute. Is it, is it, is it Yaoi? Yeah. One True Pairing, Food and Boys Love. Um, so there's like two of those, and then there's this thing called Number Six. Oh, I've never heard of that before. Which is also um, boy love. And then they got me this, um, what, I don't even know, what what is it called? Given? Oh, I've never, anime. Of, oh I've never heard of that, actually. Um, about huh. music students realizing that they're in love with each other. Um, oh, sweet. So I have manga and anime to consume at some point. Hell yeah. You have, you have like, that's the good, cute, wholesome well stuff. And then you have that. The that's... <laughs> that's that good shit. Junji. But yeah, how, um, Housing Complex C is really good. If you cool. are looking for, like, if you're looking, if you're interested in anime and you're looking for something that's horror, mm-hmm. and but you don't want to, again, anime can be daunting, I think, with, like, some of the, yeah. like, everything. This is a really good way to kind of, like... To experience that, I would recommend like, this. I kind of wish there was maybe more episodes, but like this seems like a good kind of like. It's a good like okay, cool. You like it. you like this, mm-hmm. awesome. Here's some other cool shit that you can watch. That's also right. limited, a little bit longer. Like Paranoia Agent is limited, but a little bit longer. Okay. Um, and that one is that is one of my all time favorites. But Satoshi okay. Kone is also one of my all time favorite like directors and um, but yeah, so. Cool. So, yes, I highly recommend on HBO Max if you have it. And it's a really easy watch. So, hell yeah. So, please. Um, what among us in the real world? I don't know what this means. Um, yeah. So, tell uh, me. <laughs> so, you know, we talked last, last time about how I think we're both a little, um, fried when it comes to movies Mm -hmm. and so i was like you know what this is a good time for me to watch shitty television and Uh so there's this other reality tv show that is on peacock called the traitors oh my god i haven't i want this on my list because alan cumming is the fucking host and he is he wears a lot of fantastic attire in this he is bringing camp sensibility um, the idea behind Traders is it's it's basically like Among Us, it's um, or Werewolf, um, mm, okay, where it's like you. I think there's like twenty people. Uh, they're all well, most of them are from reality from other reality mm-hmm. TV shows. So there's a couple people from Big Brother that I recognize because that's pretty much the only reality TV show I've seen really. Uh, so there's a couple from Big Brother. Ryan Lochte, the swimmer, is in it. Um, Oh, okay. Thirty Rock reference though, because he is also in an episode of Thirty Rock. Uh, he is. I do know. I hey, I understand that reference. Hey. Um. So Ryan Lochte's in it. A couple people from Big uh, Big Brothers in it. Survivor. Um, what? Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Who is it? Is it Brandy? Oh. Oh my god, it's Brandy Glanville! That bitch. Yeah, Brandy Glanville. Of course she's she is. This. Ugh, obsessed. She's she's the worst and the best. Um, I think it's is it Sh- it's Shaws of some 
thing. Oh, Shaws of Sunset. Yeah. There's someone from that. I don't know any of these. <laughs> but I, so it's like a lot of them and then a couple non-reality TV people. And they're all in this mansion semi-castle in Scotland. And they're bringing here, they're brought here, they're bringing here, they're brought here to play different competitions where there's like a, a prize pot that can be up to $250,000. And the premise is, is that three people of these 20 are traitors and every episode the traitors pick someone to murder and then everyone gets together to do a social deduction game to vote off someone um, in hopes that they get rid of the traitor if a traitor makes it to the end they win the entire jackpot if uh whoever if no traitor makes it to the end anyone that that gets to the end um shares the two hundred fifty thousand dollars I think this is an interesting proof of concept. I'm not done with it yet. I'm about halfway through it. I, I'm not under, I'm not really a fan of the way they do the kind of competitions because everyone is working together in these competitions, unlike Among Us, where it's like, you know, you're trying to pretend to do the... Everyone's oh, working on it because they okay. want to make their pot a little bit bigger. So it kind of makes it difficult for the people that aren't traders to figure out who is a trader because there's really no tells. So, like... There's I, so far there hasn't really been a lot of like tension for me of like oh god are they gonna vote out the traitor because there's no way to really tell who the traitor is because no one's trying to fake do tasks or anything like that because they want the price pool to be bigger so but it's it's kind of fun I'm really enjoying the social deduction thing I'm a huge fan of like that social deduction kind of werewolf among us type of thing I love watching that and so I'm enjoying this uh, more than I expect to expected to but yeah it's on Peacock. Um, I think it's been renewed for a second season. Hopefully they kind of tweak the format a bit. I'm enjoying it. Cool. That's on my list of things to start watching, just because it's very much up my alley of dumb, trashy television. That Dumb, trashy television. Ooh, that's good to watch for my brain. Right now, it's really good for my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Colts? So, I just realized something that I forgot a movie that I saw that I was wondering if we wanted to talk about. And it's not this one, but it's kind of cult related. And so I wasn't going to talk about Knock at the Cabin because I did not like Knock at the Cabin. But I feel like we should probably briefly touch on it. And I know that you didn't like it either, but I feel like because it is a big release and we both saw it, I feel like I want to touch on it. If you're okay with that. Yeah, let's, let's do it. And then I'll shout out the actual cult movie I was talking about that I actually liked, um, so people can actually watch that. Sorry, I've just I've leaned to the left. I <laughs> love to lean to the left. It's my favorite. Um, oh, but yeah, so did you hear that? I did. Oh my god. Oh shit, yeah, I'm keeping that in the audio. <laughs> At least I think um, I did. It sounded like a pop. Uh, yeah. So, Knock at the Cabin, M. Night Shyamalan's new movie. It's out. It's about. It's something. It's um, something. A, I feel very uh, hashtag blessed to know Terry and have him be one of the few people I feel like who don't like this movie because a lot of people are singing its praises. And I, I this is one of those rare instances where I'm like, I just, I truly don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I don't think it's a bad movie but i don't think it's a good one like i just i don't people say that this is like Shyamalan's best work since the village or the signs and i'm like were we watching the same movie i i just my from my perspective i think that it's technically very beautiful i think that it's very beautiful to look at i think the performances are pretty interesting and pretty strong I think the script is a wet fart. Um, I haven't read the book, but I know about oh the gosh. book. I know about the book. And I just think that it it's it's so it's I am fascinated by Shyamalan's like kind of preoccupation with with faith in his films. I don't I haven't done a lot of research about Shyamalan himself and his own kind of religious beliefs and what that kind of like, his own personal connection to religion. But, like, signs. Mel Gibson is a fucking priest who's trying to find his faith again. 
like the village isn't about God, but it's about like faith and pe- like it's about faith and kind of like believing in something. And I think there's a lot of stuff that he does, and this and this movie is. I, I'm not saying it's like conservative Catholic, whatever, but it's very much about believing belief, and very much, but like not in a way that I think is as nuanced. I don't believe it's as nuanced people are saying. I still, I think it is pretty coded as like pretty heavily religious in my, in my opinion. Like, Absolutely. It feels very religious. I'm not saying it's conservative, but I, it's just like, it's oh, a I weird. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, I'm glad that you will. Cause I, I mean like, I know we don't try to trash movies and like, I love, and I love M. Night Shyamalan. We all know this. We all know how much of the village and signs and the sixth sense. And it, it's just like really disappointing that this is the movie. And I'm glad that people like it. I'm glad it's making a lot of money. Like that's good for him. But I just, old was better. The weird campy beach was movie better. was so much better. And I didn't really like that movie. Like, oh, like I did. <laughs> I just, it's just so it's and in my review, it's like I struggle to, to articulate this because I feel like it's saccharine, but it's not. Because, like, yeah, there is a lot of fucked up shit happening in this movie. Like, I will not deny the fact that there's some weird shit happening. But it just feels so, like, formulaic in how it... It's, yeah, it's formulaic. Like, as soon as the first thing happens, it's like, cool, so we don't throw, like, any kind of, like, wrench into the system here. Like, great. And I, I don't know, like it just a lot of choices were made that I feel like really kind of simplified a plot that could have been much more interesting and a much more complex, much more complicated and much, much more like a way less obvious than the apocalypse is happening. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but in the book, it's really amb- it's still really ambiguous if, if anything was actually happening. But so, here it's like crystal fucking clear mm-hmm. that like I think again there are people online who are like there's no way it's crystal clear. I'm like I feel like they're pre- they're telegraphing it pretty clearly that like the apocalypse is happening. Like I don't think there's much ambiguity happening in no. in my humble opinion. And my humble opinion as well. Uh, so Paul Tremblay, one of my favorite um, horror Sorry. writers right now. Purpurina joined, I think, as I was popping my back. Oh. <laughs> that was my back. Yep. Anyway, Paul Tremblay. I'm glad I, I didn't. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that, that heard it then. Uh, yeah. So Paul Tremblay, one of my favorite horror authors. Love what I love about him is that his books are all about ambiguity. Head full of ghosts. What is going on? Am- ambiguous. Um, his latest book, uh, The Paul Bears Club also ambiguous what is happening Mm -hmm. is is there vampires is it not is it mental health what is going on here this book this book feels prime for the year that it like the time that it came out where we are running into trumpism we're running into Mm um QAnon. we're running into people where you can have people that have these wild thoughts meet and all of a sudden start stewing on it and creating a a microcosm of uh, what is happening in this movie um, and in the, the novel, like this idea of, of kind of end of days fears kind of echoing within like an echo chamber to create yeah the situation where you think something's happening and it might not be happening. So that's what's happening in the book. And the book is very careful to toe the line about to make you wonder, is this real or are these people delusional? What is going yeah. on here? And it walks that fine line through the entire entirety of the book. But when I was reading it, particularly at the time that I was reading it, I was thinking this is like a perfect representation about what it feels like to be in America right now, where you have all these people that think that there are lizard people, or you think Pizzagate's a thing, or you think that like QAnon is a thing, like all these different things where it's easy to find other people to kind of share that delusion. And then that delusion turns into violence and turns into this kind of perpetuating idea that yeah, the apocalypse might be happening, but you might be fucking causing it because you are sharing delusions on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. And I love that. The book is so fantastic in the way that it handles that. It's also very vicious. Like there's something that happens in the book that does not happen in the movie. And I was like, how is this going to happen in the movie? And it doesn't happen. 
Which, like, I, okay, sorry, but, like, that's boring to me. Like, are you, like, and that's, I think, I'm not, like, I'm not saying we have to, like, have all the most, like, sad horror movies ever and everything has to be, like, desperate and sad. But, like, this is a movie that calls for that. I'm sorry. Like, this yes. is a plot that calls for that. I think it ha- if you're going to take on the subject matter, you need to go all the way into it. You need to be able to, like, get fucked up. And... It does. It's disappointing in the in the it it becomes predictable because I think the book again. I haven't read it. I read the plot synopsis. So I'm so sorry, everybody. I want to read the book, but it that's unpredictable to me. Like we're we're throwing shit out. Like we're throwing the rule book out the fucking window about like who is safe and everything. And it's like with the movie, it's so it's so basic. It's I, basic. It's very basic. And I, I, I love M. Night Shyamalan. I don't necessarily like every movie that he's put out, but he is someone that I will go see a movie in a movie theater um, to go support because I think he does interesting things. He was not the right person to adapt the story. I agree. Now, I agree. He's too hopeful. He's too bittersweet. He loves a sweet... He loves, like, a little bit of, like, he's a... He's too earnest. Yes, that's exactly it. He loves a little bit, like, well, maybe something good will happen. Like, yeah, everything gets, like, shit. Like, yeah, all those bad things happen. But, like, there's a little bit of, like, a positive, like, bent on it, I think. So. And I just, just I, like, I'm curious to see what the screenplay was before he yeah. got a hold of it. I'm curious to see if it was more faithful to the book or not. Um, but I just, I don't think he was the right person to adapt this material. I was really enthralled, like, for the first 40-ish minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it started to start to nosedive for very hard after that. Yeah. And I left the theater pissed. I was so fucking I. angry when I left this movie. And I still, like, I, I, I can't, I have a hard time talking about it because it makes me so, Sorry. I'm so riled I just... up on it. <laughs> Fair. Literally, a fucking guy slept through 45 minutes of this movie and was snoring. Oh. Snoring. And, like, I... I was at... It wasn't... It was, like, it was a press... It was an advanced screening, but Mm. I think it was one of the advanced screenings that they had for press and also the public. And also the public, yeah. And this guy was fucking snoring the whole time, and he was sitting almost right next to me, like, same row as me. And, like, that was the worst. I was like, dude, I'm trying to, like, focus on this shit... And at the end of it, some guy stood up and was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's how I felt. That is honestly literally how I felt when I was, I was like, I cannot believe that this is what you were doing to a story that thrives on nuance and thrives on ambiguity. And you don't do that. Like, why even fucking adapt the movie then? Do you even understand what the book is about? Like, I, I was like fucking frustrated when I left this, this, this film. Fucking PR woman who was like, "So what do you think?" And I was like, Mm-mm. "She was like, oh okay." I was like, I'm f- "Like, what am I supposed to do?" It's like 9 p.m. That was not a good time. I did not enjoy myself. <laughs> like, the acting is really good. It is, and that's the thing. Like, the performances are really good. Fantastic. He's... Nikki Amuka Bird, who plays Sabrina, Ooh. fucking kills it. She does. Um, As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Um, I, my sexuality is Ben Aldridge. I love him. I really enjoy, I really enjoyed that first part. And then. That's why, like, that's why this movie, I think, is so hard. Because it's, like, there's parts there that are really good. And then when it decides to, like, 
to just change the bit entirely and not like mm-hmm. commit to the bit, but instead just completely shift the bit. You're like, oh, well now we're just getting like a fucking like a, like a cookie cutter apocalypse movie. And now I'm sorry, spoilers. If I'm sorry, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Now we have a movie that is thriving on queer pain to avert an apocalypse. Sorry, sorry, but that was that. That was like the end. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm out. <laughs> I'm taking my my shit and I'm leaving. I just I, I know. can't. And like. I can't. And like it's a, and it's a movie that does try to like I do think that it's it does try to be like looking at like the str- like it looks at like queer pain at first I thought in mm. an interesting way of like assimilating and trying to be that family is impossible. Mm. And I was like, okay, like there's something here, but it doesn't fucking resolve at all. Like there's no, no. kind of like it just it it I thought it's just I was so like, confusing that we have that we have the homophobic attack that is like kind of just happens and like isn't really ever talked about like, like there's just so much happening here i'm like okay are we gonna have something like really interesting to say here about like queer pain queer assimilation queer like just trying to like live as a family and it's just like no not really no it's kind of like <sighs> sorry anyway um the other cult movie I was going to mention <laughs> that I will briefly mention because it actually is very good is called Daughter by Corey Deshawn. Okay, was was that uh, good? I, I keep seeing I kept seeing PR stuff for it. I was it's like, oh, no. it's it was it surprised me. It's okay. it's filmed entirely on film, so it's got this really grainy texture, and it's like it's got it was filmed before the pandemic, so it has like pandemic vibes. But it was filmed before that, and it's actually a really fascinating Casper, look at. Right? Yeah, Casper Van Dien is in it as the lead. And it's a, it's just really interesting about, like, what taking people and having them represent cogs in the patriarchal machine and what it means to try to escape the patriarchal machine. And it's very interesting. It's four people in a house and it's very dreamy and weird. Okay. And it's an all Vietnamese cast except for Casper Van Dien, which is really cool. And it's got, it's like, it's very grounded, but very creepy. And okay. so it surprised me. It's one of those movies that like is kind of small and kind of has like a really tiny release, but it's shockingly, not shockingly, that's, that's incredibly rude. Not shockingly. It surprised me in that, like uh, the effectiveness of the tone and just like what it's accomplishing and what it's trying to accomplish. So okay. I wanted to give that a shout out because it's like one of those smaller movies that I feel like not as many people are going to see. And I think that people should give it a shot. It's pretty good. Purpurina it's on VOD. chat says this sounds like my jam. And it sounds like my jam too, actually. I just, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I like, um, I remember really enjoying looking at Casper Van Dien, but I never really thought he was the best actor. So when I saw him in it, I immediately like, I'm sorry, I immediately discounted it, but maybe I should. He's not bad. He's actually pretty, he's pretty good in this. He's creepy because it's like, he's like super weird, but also he isn't the focus. It's a, it's okay. like the other, it's the other characters. Um, He's like, a, obviously like he's one of four people and he, but he's not bad. I didn't think he was like. But I was talking to Casper Van Dien and he was like, he said to me, father isn't very happy with you. And I was like, I have tingles in my pants. <laughs> and he said that to me. I have it recorded forever on my computer. And I was like, <laughs> yes, daddy. This is, like, this is a professional interview. Like, I can't. There is a PR person in here. Like, I have to keep my shit together. It was wild. I was like, is this really happening? It was great. Anyway. Um. Fabulous. Yeah, but Daughter is really good. It, okay. I Yeah, it, that's, I feel like it's going to fall under the radar for a lot of people, but I think it deserves some 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 more love. Um, oh, yeah. But then... <laughs> We're going to quickly move through these, because... Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I didn't I didn't expect to go to Knock at the Cabin, but I was like, we have to talk no, about it. No, I, I thought um, about it as well. All right. D- boy, Teddy Goblins. Boy, Teddy Who? Goblins. Uh, so... This was, um, gosh, where is it? So this was one of my um, backlog titles that I asked oh, uh, okay. patrons to um, suggest. And I actually believe this one was suggested by Purpurina. I, I meant to go look it up before uh, we recorded, and then I forgot, but I'm pretty sure this was Purpurina's choice. The Pit, which is from 1981, and it is... Yes, that was her. Okay. This is a movie about 
a little creepo kid who is um, kind of a voyeur and is like very obsessed with women. Um, he is a preteen and he has a teddy that talks to him, a teddy bear. And there's this giant pit about a mile in the forest that has um, these creatures that he calls trollologs in it. And you touched my trollala. <laughs> and he um, brings people that have bullied him out to this pit and tosses them in to be devoured by the trollologs. Uh, this poster is fucking oh, everything. The it's poster, amazing, terrifying. The the creepy the creepy eyes on this kid in this poster, and then the teddy that is like almost shooting lasers out of his eyes. Jamie wouldn't kill anyone unless Teddy told him to. This boy is this horny little bastard that is in love with his babysitter, um, wants to fuck his babysitter, uh. He is this. I I don't I don't I don't even know how to what to talk about with this movie. This movie is a fucking wild ass film where kids are the worst. There's this moment where the babysitter is giving him a bath, and he asks her, "Do you know why my mother washes me so much? She's really trying to make me clean. Do you like washing me?" He blackmails a teacher to take her top off so he can take a Polaroid of her. Like this is. The main character of this movie, who is then bringing bullies out to this to the woods to toss them into this pit where monsters that look like a cross between like a Roger Corman meets Critters movie, almost like Humanoids from the Deep meets Critters, are these creatures in this pit? And then they get out at some point. It is oh, <laughs> a okay. wild ass movie. I don't even know what to say about it. I was not expecting what i got i didn't hate it hell yeah enjoyed it but boy is it weird the fucking imdb plot synopsis left with babysitter a bad boy with a teddy bear finds a pit with four hungry monsters yeah that sounds like a typical night when she watched it it was it was not sober and it felt like if a six-year-old with a decade older sibling was telling me a horror story yes Yes, this movie. Sick. It's on Shutter, as well. So. And Tubi. Oh yeah, it's it's something. All um, right. Edgar Allan Poe. I'll go through this quickly. I watched The Pale Blue Eye on Netflix, okay. the new Scott Cooper movie. Did the who did Antlers? It stars Christian Bale, um, as a detective who works with a young Edgar Allan Poe played by Harry Melling, who played Dudley Dursley in those movies about the wizard that people know about. Harry Melling is a good actor. Okay. Good for him. Um, he looks like Edgar Allan Poe too. That was really weird. Um, Steve and I were like, are those his real cheekbones? <laughs> um, but basically it takes place in upstate New York in the winter. It's incredible. It's incredible winter, like winter creepy vibes. Um, there are a series of murders of cadets at this academy and Christian Bill's character is hired to clandestinely re- like figure out what's going on because the president is wondering why so many of the cadets are dying. Um, and so thus launches a t- creepy detective story where basically there's these gruesome murders and... Christian Bale and Henry Harry Melling are trying to solve it together. So it's, it's like, it's, it's a little slow, but I liked the vibes of it until the okay. end. The end is a okay. little bit of a, for me, um, due to, so there's a twist that I will not spoil, but the twist is something that I absolutely hate in movies. So I was like really vibing with it until the end. And I was like, why'd you gotta do me like that? So it's a personal preference. Um, about like on my end about that stuff but like it's really it's really well acted beautifully designed like the costumes are incredible the train agrees with me yeah, Jillian Anderson who plays Scully is in it as like this eccentric what? mother character in like the most iconic outfits of all time it takes place in the 1830s by the way so it's a period piece like iconic outfits it's 
it's a real. I really enjoyed it until the end. Um, it's a little bit slower, but it's got it's like it's got a good just like detective story vibe, and there's like okay. a little bit of occultism going on, and a really good bait and switch. So, it's on Netflix. I had a really good time watching it until the end, which was a bummer. But still, I think Scott Cooper's really has a really good eye for for like for landscapes, especially like rural landscapes. So. This is weird because a number of people in this movie were in the Wizard movies. Timothy Spall is in this, and he was working. Yeah, it's a there's a lot. There's a lot of British people in this movie about 1830s uh, New England, and I got really pissed off because Harry Melling is playing Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe is from fucking Baltimore, Maryland. He has a southern, I guess, thick southern accent. We do Good not have thick southern. Baltimore. Sorry. We do not have thick southern accents in Maryland, and I know this is someone who has lived here for almost three decades. We have weird accents. I will. I do know this. Water down to ocean. It's a Baltimore accent, hon. Down to ocean. Um, that's our accent. That's our accent. We have never had southern accents. I know so that the main accent accurate. John Travolta's accent is like, ish, ish, ish. I'll give him a, I'll give him some credit. He tried. He tried to do the Baltimore accent, which is a weird combo of like Philly and me. It's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> quote the Raven. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> oh my god. I think we just killed Mary Beth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like went into Paula Dean. Howdy, y'all. The telltale yeehaw. But yeah, so that's the pale blue eye. I, it, okay. It's on Netflix if you're looking for something that's like kind of moody, atmospheric, period piece. Definitely check it out. Um. And that brings us to uh, Daddy, Daddy, Devin Siwa. I've had a Devin Siwa day. Um, Sawa. Sawa, right? It is Sawa. I said Siwa because I just decided that that's how you say his name now. Right. Devin Seesaw. Devin Seesaw. <laughs> Dragon Seesaw. We're just free associating now. Um, anyway, Devin Sawa. It has been a Devin Sawa day because I watched a movie, another movie with him in it. Um, for Monday. For Monday. But we got, for, uh, we've started season two of Chucky, episodes one and two. Does it make more sense now? <laughs> yes. Because you had seen out of nothing, you saw the first two episodes, Yeah. I think? No, just the first episode. Just the first episode. And part of it, because I, I was like, I just, I've lost, the, I don't have any idea what's going on. Like, there is no... <laughs> I was Googling. I was like, there is no amount of Googling and reading on Wikipedia that will save my ass at this point. So I was like, we're just going to just not even. Because season two drops you into the thick of things right where season one ends. Literally right where it ends. With Andy driving a truck full of 40 some odd uh, Chucky dolls and one Tiffany. And he ends up driving him off a cliff into an explosion. And that is how... The season opens, and I when you said back in like October or September when you said that you had watched the first episode, I was thinking, oh, honey, how, how, how does this make any sense to you? Because you were not familiar with Child's Play at all, except for the first one, I believe. I, I did. I was doing it on what the kids call hard mode. Um, <laughs> yeah, it drops you uh, into the thick of things. Yeah, I get it all now way more sense um just way more sense but we are we are back with the kids with our with our with our, our sweet dear mostly orphaned children who are going off to their foster homes um lexi well lexi's moved to a, a smaller place with her with her mother and sister but then um our two little boyfriends are shipped off to foster care but only to be reunited again by our boy Chucky, only it was not the separation was not long. What was it like six months or something? Months. I think mm-hmm. six months that was like that passes between these two like parts. Um, and I I love the set. I love like they have the episode to set it up of like they take their time with it. Mm-hmm. We have like okay, 
the kids are in a shitty situation. They're now separate. Like, how do we, like, I was like, all right, cool. How do we bring them back together? Whatever. And we <laughs> we bring them together with the child suicide bomb. <laughs> I love this show so much. This show is so, hey, M. Night, take a cue from Don Mancini. <laughs> Kill the kid. It's really okay. Kill the kid. <laughs> Can you imagine if someone was listening to this with no I, context? Steve is probably Steve is probably like I know that like she's talking about something, but she sounds like a fucking lunatic. Uh, but but yeah, so like Lexi also now has like an opioid problem. Like she's yep. not doing well. Not coping so um, great. Not coping great. Um. The two boys are in love, and they had uh, to see each other on the weekends. They didn't want to kiss in front of the family, and then they did, and it's just cute. And homophobic it's like family. the homophobic family, yeah. Um, love it, great. But it, again, this episode get like the first episode kind of sets it all up with them, and then we go to they with the, with the kid blowing himself up. Of course, they're all together, and they're like, well. Guess where you're going? Go to boarding school, motherfucker. Is like reformatory school. I have three questions. <laughs> okay. One, who was making all of these dolls? Because there were, I looked at my notes, 72 of them on that truck. Who was making yeah, what, all of these yeah, dolls? Yeah, yeah, okay, see? Now you're thinking like me. Now you're, <laughs> now, now. Now you're <laughs> uh, The bald Chucky is an icon. Oh my god, the bald Chucky. For the two Chucky. seconds he's on, on, on the screen. Um... There's a comment that they have all seen Bride of Chucky. Yes. And they make a comment that like, yeah, with Jennifer Tilly, well, we who we know is really the Bride of Chucky. So this movie exists in this universe. I have so many questions. That was that was one of those moments where I was like, if I can't think about this too hard, my brain's gonna start coming out of my ears, so I have to stop thinking about it. It's just a funny little reference, but Jesus Christ, I'm just like, what do you mean you Bride of Chucky exists? And this is all just like an infinite fucking butt like time loop of bullshit what's happening um and then finally i have a feeling that the shrink is involved oh 100 percent. the old because, lady yeah the old lady she, right oh yeah, my god she this gives, god she gives I mean, the, she's too weird with the bit with the with the, with the chucky doll that's bride yeah because he gives doll. she gives the, the bride doll to um caroline uh the sister and yeah. then by the end of the episode she is shipping them off to incarnate lord i believe is the name of this place which is yeah. the same boarding school now religious school that chucky went to when he was a kid that we saw in flashbacks in season one yeah uh, so it's like a full circle moment for there i was um hashtag gagged when they did that a little bit different that little that little reveal yeah. uh also love that is tamra home the fucking strangers yes. reference off the bat i was like <laughs> yes oh I remember that. I, that was like the one thing I remembered from when I saw it the first. I was like, "Hey, I guess that's the one part of the show I get." This is the fucking reference to the strangers. Um, so I love this like pretty quick and di- quick and dirty setup here of just like we separated them. Now they're back together. We're not going to waste time like trying to like keep them apart. Like I love that they right. kind of just immediately we made episodes. Like, Let's go. Yeah, and, like, Chucky's has never stopped being a problem. Like, there isn't, like, this, like, false sense of security and all this shit. So, like, so I think it's a really good setup for the next episode where we meet Daddy Sawa. Uh, we see Nika in a fucking frilly little outfit with no arms and legs. <laughs> in the tutu, living with a glam bam Jennifer Tilly Tiffany uh, with a Godfather reference with a dead Tiffany doll in bed. Um... She yeah. dresses, she, so we, we meet, after Jennifer Tilly gets out of bed, we, she's like pushing a, a cart down the hall to go uh, see Nika, and she looks as if like she is trying to give um, the, the mother in Beetlejuice a run for her money in terms of like the outfit. Oh, Iconic. the turban, like just, Jennifer Tilly is just a queer camp goddess. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, Jennifer Coolidge is, like, getting a lot of attention right now, but I just think Jennifer Tilly needs to be getting even more attention, too. Like, they are these two women who are, like, stereotyped as bimbos, who are actually incredible actors, who have, like, such pull in the queer community and, like, know what they're doing. And it's just, goddamn, I want them in a horror movie together. 
her line de- oh, by the way nika's line delivery when like when jennifer tilly comes in there and she's like being all like oh i love you you know we're great we're all together and she's like you chopped off my arms and legs you lunatic like the way she says it is just like perfect and then she snaps into the chucky voice and i was like oh so good i have such a crush on her i just oh, want I do too. to give her a big old smoochie moochie because we find out that her and chucky are working together now like now now there's like nika's like now nika and chucky are partnering against tiffany so now we've got like people fighting tiffany and chucky and it's just like everyone's a mess and like i love that though i love the chaos it's got mm. like it, the dynamics so are incredible because then you're like how many dolls are out there still we don't we have no idea because well one shows up in, in this next episode one shows up at the school mm-hmm. daddy sawa is with the doll and it's like by the way give unto the lord and i was like I never knew that I needed... I could give some stuff to the Lord if he wants oh, to. Me too. Let me make a deposit. Oh, um, make it <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Finish that thought! <laughs> I'm just going to say something different. I never knew that I needed a bearded glasses... Devin Sawa in my life. How's that for a... In a priest collar. In a priest collar. Oh. Dear Lord, have I sinned. Anyway. Confession time. On my knees. Anywho. Uh, 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 what's happening? Um, well, now I'm flustered. And <laughs> well, so we have, <laughs> I feel like I know what y'all think about when the guide of meditation tells me to go to your happy place now. Uh-huh. That's fair. But on top, but despite him being like very attractive, the, 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 the religious horror vibes that are happening, like the scary, mm. weird vibes are immediately like on, on like up to like cranked up because we obviously have like Devin Sala's character giving these like sermons about the Lord and needing to give yourself to the Lord and Jesus Christ and confession, like all that shit. And, but then we also see the students that have been there for a long, and then we like Lexi runs into someone that she knew that was sent there by her mom. And as she makes a, a hilarious joke about his single testicle, um, he and his cronies are like, we don't, like, I'm so sorry, I hurt you when you were young. Like, very weird robot brainwash, like, Christian cult vibes. So there's something, I think there's something going on. Well, there is obviously like, something going on here. And I'm curious if it's linked to Chucky or if it's separate. Like, I'm curious how it all ties together. Me too. Um, obviously, because Chucky went, like, lived at that school. I'm curious, like, how that is all going to connect. Because there's something really fucking weird going on with, like, I mean, we've seen Cults of Chucky. Like, are we going to, like, is it going to kind of be, like, an expansion on on that? I don't know. But What I also like, though, about this is that this feels almost as if Don Mancini is trying to kind of redo Child's Play 3. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Because that was military school, and now we have, like, a reform school. Mm. And it has similar vibes in terms of that, except more religious instead of military. And so I'm like, because Child's Play 3 is, like, the least liked of the entire series. And I'm wondering, is this an attempt? That's interesting. I like that. That's it. Hmm. Yeah, all right. We also get introduced to Nadine. Oh, yeah, Nadine. Little klepto. I love hair. her. Yes, her. yes, I love her. I know the red hair. We always love like I'm the teacher who had the red hair last season. I'm like it's always a red fucking herring. I'm like <laughs> watch out for that real redhead. But we also um, see Chucky given not a fucking heart attack. I love that moment. She's like boo. It's like oh thank you. <laughs> Vampire. I was just like oh. <laughs> My God, I was like, thanks. Like, all right, cool. Like, oh, man. 
It feels like they have a bigger it. budget with the the, the Chucky doll effects. They yes, look it definitely. They, they look one. yes, they look way better. Not that they look bad either. No, just I never more thought animated. they look bad, but it's interesting that they do look way more animated. Um, so I'm excited to see where this goes with the the creepy school and the weird we culty briefly kids. get teased with Glenn and Glenda. Oh yeah, with their fucking pink car. Mm, and they slash them. I'm so, so, so excited for them to be revealed in the show next episode. Me too. I'm so glad we're doing this. Me too. Ugh, it's so good. Um, well, next week we are continuing on with episodes three and four of Chucky season two. So continue to watch along or if you can, if you can, if you can, please continue to watch along. And then, uh, who are we chatting with on Monday? I'll say it. I'll do it. I know you don't. (laughs) I'll do it. Um, on Monday, we are talking with Cooper Koch. Yes. On Monday, we are talking with Cooper Koch. He is, he plays Benjamin in Carter Smith's new film, Swallowed, which is out on VOD today as of the publishing of this episode not during the live stream but on friday uh and he brought with him final destination someone finally brought final destination to the pod which spoiler alert was the first time that mary beth seen final destination yep any final destination and i'm wondering if we want to watch all the final destinations next <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. Get my ass to do it. It's the only way to get me to do it, and I like doing it. So yeah, that's an. Just make Mary and Beth watch all of the franchises, and good as you should, as I should, as I should be forced to do, as I should be forced to do. I mean, some of these are hit or miss, so it's not as if we're gonna get some great ones I, out of this. But I mean, some but good still, ones. I like having the context. Remember when we watched all the Wrong Turn movies, Just, Terry? We can't. <sighs> We can't do any worse than that. I watched, no. we watched all of those movies. <laughs> and sure like most did. of them are bad. Oh. Yeah. I thought about that the other day and I was like, oh my God, we watched so many wrong turn movies. We sure How did, did we do that? For content. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> um, so listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you watch something that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for things that we should be watching? You can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or you can re- reach out to us directly on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. I'm at Gailey Dreadful and this might actually be our longest little cuts ever. <laughs> yeah, I think it I, Oops. I went on the Cabin in the Woods rant. Sorry. Not Cabin in the Woods. Not at the Cabin. Fucking whatever. <laughs> cabin. Cabin and woods. There's a cabin, wood cabin. and there's woods and there's a knock. Ca- knocking at the cabin. Um, Shit. Follow us on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. If Twitter works again. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Uh, you, If you did not watch this episode, you missed me basically making Mary Beth leave the recording studio. It felt like at one point. Um, <laughs> Yes, the recording studio. Yes, aka her apartment. My office. My <laughs> her office. <laughs> <My> office. <laughs> um, you don't want to miss. Yeah, so support us on Patreon. You could be watching this live with us, like Perperina and some other people have done. Um, and there's videos episodes, and you also can get this week's or this month's um, fresh wound episode, which is live now on Lake Mungo. So much so, content. All the content for you. Um, thank you to Eric Power for artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. 
But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>